This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. If you've had a chance to view the previous four videos in this series, you've seen firsthand how prosthetic limbs are made. You've also had a chance to view some of the rehabilitation exercises that will help prepare you to successfully use your prosthesis. You've seen a person taking his first steps with a prosthesis, and you've heard the personal stories of four people and the challenges and successes of their journey back to mobility. After surgery, as you begin your recovery and eventually start wearing your new prosthesis, you will learn that the relationship between your residual limb and your prosthetic socket is a dynamic one. In this video, we'll address issues that you may come across in your recovery, both directly after surgery and later on down the line after receiving your prosthesis. We'll talk about limb care and tips for maintaining a comfortable prosthetic fit. We'll also look at how to address potential problems that may arise as you use your prosthesis. Finally, we'll look at some tips and best practices surrounding diabetic foot and limb care. Here is Orthopedic Trauma Institute physiatrist Lisa Pasquale to discuss what to expect after surgery, along with some useful tips as you begin your road back to mobility with your new prosthesis. When using a prosthesis, it's really important to know how your limb is going to be changing over time. It's going to become smaller as time goes on, and sometimes you might find some changes in your skin that will be really important to notice and monitor. If you're worried about any changes in your skin or what to do about them, that's what this video is for. We'll also let you know when to call your prosthetist and when to call your physician. After surgery, you're going to have dressings overlying your residual limb. And when they take the dressings down, don't be surprised. There might be really dry skin or crusting around the incision site. There will be sutures in place and probably have some steri-strips or little adhesive tape around your wound. Don't worry about that. That's pretty normal. But sometimes you'll have seepage from the wound as well. But here's a good example of what a typical limb might look like after all the dressings are taken down. You'll see that there's dry skin there. There's some crusting around the incision site. The steri-strips are in and the sutures are in. After removal of the dressing, there may be times when you see some weeping or some open areas to the incision site. That's not unusual. This may be due to stretch or possibly pressure to that site. The important thing to know is to keep that area as clean as possible and to continue to monitor and make sure that it's not getting bigger. If it is getting bigger, that's a good time to contact your prosthetist or your physician. Once you've received your prosthesis, you will need to learn how to ensure that it continues to fit your residual limb correctly. Following some basic tips can help you maintain a healthy residual limb and a comfortable socket fit. Here to give us a closer look is Orthopedic Trauma Institute prosthetist, R.T. Deshpande. It is important to maintain a healthy residual limb before, during, and after the fitting of a prosthesis. In order to do so, it is crucial to desensitize the residual limb, to mobilize the scar at the distal end, to prevent any contractures or tightness, and to maintain the volume of the residual limb. Desensitizing the residual limb means reducing the hypersensitivity of the residual limb and making it more tolerant to force and pressure. 
Whenever a residual limb is within a prosthetic socket, it is prone to some form of pressure and shear, which can cause discomfort and pain. Desensitizing is also important to reduce any phantom pain or phantom sensation. Desensitizing the limb can be done in multiple different ways, like massaging and tapping. Massaging the entire limb helps soothe the nerves and reduces their sensitivity. By consistently providing a changing input to the nerves, the hypersensitivity will decrease and prosthetic use can become more comfortable. To begin, gently rub a smooth textured fabric across the limb back and forth in circular and random directions. Once this has been achieved, you can move to a more textured material. The distal end of the residual limb along the suture line is a sensitive area. Tapping along the distal end should be done initially gently and gradually applying more force. It is important that the incision site is well healed and there are no open wounds when performing desensitization. Scar mobilization is an important technique in the rehabilitation of the residual limb. Immediately post-amputation, the scar tissue adheres to the underlying soft tissue and the bone. This can cause pain, pressure, and blisters within a prosthetic socket and can make prosthetic fitting very uncomfortable. It is important to mobilize the scar tissue away from the bone and the underlying soft tissue. This can be achieved by placing two fingers over the distal end of the bone, press firmly, and then move your fingers over the bone in a circular motion keeping the tips of the fingers firmly against the skin. This helps free the skin and the soft tissue from the underlying bone and prevent pain when walking with a prosthesis. Contracture of a joint is very common post-amputation. Contracture is caused by shortening of the connective tissue and the muscle around a certain joint. It can cause limited range of motion and can also cause the joint to freeze in a certain position. It is easier to prevent a contracture than to correct it. Contractures can be caused by inactivity due to certain medical conditions which can result in limited range of motion of a certain joint. Contractures will make the fitting of a prosthesis more difficult and can prevent optimum functional outcome with a prosthesis. Contractures can be prevented by stretching and strengthening exercises. Stretching exercises will involve moving the joint through the entire range of motion of that particular joint. Strengthening exercises will also prevent muscle atrophy and will help strengthen the muscles for certain joints. In the first year after the amputation, there's usually some form of swelling on and off. In the initial stages right after the amputation, there is always swelling that is managed with shrinkers. As the time progresses, the swelling reduces. Even after a prosthesis is fit, some patients do have to deal with some form of swelling. This is called chronic edema, which persists over a period of time. So it's important to manage the chronic edema as well. This is done with shrinker use. So shrinkers are applied whenever the patient does not have the prosthesis on or at night time. There are many different types of shrinkers. Some shrinkers are just in a sock form and 
the patient just has to stretch the shrinker and apply it over the residual leg. They should make sure that there is no wrinkles or no folds, especially around the bottom of the residual limb, and that the shrinker is stretched all the way to the top. Some shrinkers come in tubular forms. These are applied on the residual limb in the same pattern, where the patient stretches it and pulls it over the residual leg. There is a ring on the bottom that has to be pulled all the way to the distal end, and then the second layer is applied over the residual leg as well. The above knee shrinker comes with a, a hip extension and a pelvic belt. This goes around the patient's waist and is fastened. This helps prevent the shrinker from sliding off and it helps with suspension and correct positioning of the shrinker on the patient's residual limb. It is important to make sure that there is no folds or any wrinkles on the shrinker when applied on the residual limb. Some areas to watch for would be the distal end of the residual limb as well as back of the knee in the popliteal area or in the groin if it is an above the knee amputee. Shrinkers are applied 24-7 before a prosthesis is fit, but once a prosthesis is fit, shrinkers are applied only at nighttime and when the prosthesis is taken off. This is done in order to maintain a consistent volume of the residual limb. In order to maintain optimum socket fit, it is important to maintain the volume of the residual limb. What this means is that we need to keep the shape and the size of the residual limb as consistent as possible. Many different factors affect the volume of the residual limb and cause fluctuation in this volume. Factors such as diet of the patient, salt intake, water retention, whether the patient is on dialysis or he has any heart conditions or alcohol use can cause changes in the residual limb. If the patient's residual limb is fluctuating in volume, it can affect the fit of the socket and it can cause skin breakdowns as well as discomfort and pain within the socket. So we talked about maintaining the volume of the residual limb. And in spite of making as many efforts to do that, there could still be some fluctuation in the volume. How do we handle this fluctuation? The fluctuation in the residual limb can be from morning to evening, or it can be from one day to another. One good way to manage fluctuation in the residual limb is by sock management. At the time of delivery of the prosthesis, the patient is provided with many different ply socks. These socks are different thicknesses and they help with adjusting to the fluctuation in the residual leg. As the residual limb shrinks, we can add more socks in order to maintain a snug fit of the socket. If the patient's residual limb swells or increases in volume, the patient can reduce the sock and still be able to maintain a good socket fit. Now that you've got your prosthesis, it's important to continue doing things that will keep you healthy, pain-free, and able to use it. Here with some best practices to help you achieve that is Orthopedic Trauma Institute prosthetist Alex Shimkus. 
So one of the most important things about being provided with a prosthesis is to continue to stay healthy and active. You've gone this far in the rehabilitation process, and we want to continue that even after you've been provided with a new prosthesis. This can include things like using an, any sort of ambulatory assistive devices that you've previously used, such as a cane or a walker. And we basically just want to make sure that the fit and the function of the prosthesis continues to be appropriate even after you've been provided with one. With physical therapy, continue to do any sort of exercises that have been prescribed to you. We also want to make sure that you don't overdo anything. Take it at a slow pace and make sure that you're not going to be pushed back in your overall rehabilitative process. Socket adjustments will continue to be a really important part of the prosthetic process as you move forward. Your limb will change in volume based off day-to-day -day fluctuations and also especially after the first year when your limb will tend to atrophy due to using the muscles less and less. Generally, a prosthesis will need to be adjusted whenever you've gained or lost anywhere from 20 to 25 pounds. This can also extend into sock ply management as anywhere from 10 to 12 socks is generally too much and we need to make some overall adjustments to the socket fit. It's really important to stay active with your prosthesis. This involves your overall activities of daily living. This also includes your muscle use as you use your prosthesis. The prosthetic leg won't walk you. It's important that you still use the muscles in order to make sure that the prosthesis is fitting and functioning appropriately. The muscles that you'll use in order to walk with the prosthesis are different than what you may have experienced before. So it's important to make sure that you use any sort of assistive devices necessary and that we can still make sure the prosthesis is safe for you to use as you continue to develop the muscle strength. Navigating stairs with the prosthesis is also really important. Generally, what we insist is that you go up with your good foot, whatever that is, and then down with your bad foot. Always use the handrail when appropriate or when available. The heel height of a shoe is really important. Changing from a running shoe to a walking boot, for example, can make a big difference in the overall alignment of the prosthesis. To accommodate for any sort of heel height in variable shoes, it's important to either use a heel wedge to match the appropriate height or to schedule an appointment so that the alignment of the prosthesis can be adjusted. Studies have shown that using a prosthesis requires greater energy because the working muscles and nerves have been replaced with static components. Energy above baseline includes 10 to 40% for transtibial amputations, 41% for bilateral transtibial, 65% for transfemoral, and 0 to 8% for wheelchair users. Understanding all of the components associated with your prosthesis, how they're meant to be interacting with your residual limb, and how to properly maintain them will be an important part of your life going forward. Here to take us through the care and maintenance of your prosthesis and its components is Orthopedic Trauma Institute prosthetist Lynn Dunbar. It's really important to make sure that your prosthetic gel liners are in good shape, that they're not stretched out. The reason for that is because if they do get stretched out, they're not going to be as comfortable. You might get more shear forces against your skin, skin irritations might develop, and possibly the suspension might be compromised. So it is really important to make sure that your liner, your gel liner, is in good shape. If you wear a suspension sleeve, it's also very important to make sure that that is not stretched out because it can compromise prosthetic suspension. 
So at the end of the day, when you take your prosthesis off, make sure you check your skin. Make sure there's no red areas or skin abrasions or any problematic areas that need to be treated. If there are, if there is something developing that is of concern, please contact our department, our prosthetics department, so we can follow up and make any adjustments that are necessary. We can make reliefs. We can provide more pads inside the socket to support your limb. It's just very important to make sure that your limb is in the prosthesis comfortably and appropriately and fitting well. Hygiene is very important. It's important to take your prosthesis off at night, take the liner off, and wash it with soap and water. Whatever soap and water you have that you use normally for your shower or bathing is appropriate. And then once a week, use rubbing alcohol to clean the liner, the inside of the gel liner. And this, this prevents bacteria from growing. It's a warm environment inside the gel liner where you perspire and you're wearing it all day. So make sure that you keep good hygiene with your gel liner. So we usually give two gel liners to the patients, and what you can do with that is you can wear one and wash one at the same time. So at night, when you're through using the prosthesis, you can wash the gel liner with soap and water, and then you could hang dry it in the special stand that we have and let it dry overnight, and you will also have a second liner in the morning that you can use that's dry and ready to use. So water can damage your prosthesis. Uh, make sure that you don't wear your prosthesis in the shower. Don't take it swimming with you. And especially, don't put it in the ocean water. The salt water can, is very corrosive and can damage prosthetic parts. It's very important to have follow-up appointments. After you, you receive your prosthesis, we'll have you come in a week or two later and make sure the alignment and the fit is appropriate and correct for you. We will likely need to tweak the alignment a little bit as you learn to walk and have a consistent gait. Oftentimes, the socket will need some padding or reliefs made, so we'll make adjustments as appropriate. After the socket fit is more consistent for you and you're walking well, you'll need to come to our department for follow-up visits every six months. If you start hearing any odd noises coming from your prosthesis, please come in and have us take a look at it, make sure that all the parts are secure and there's no damage that has been done to your prosthesis. Once again, here is the OTI's Dr. Lisa Pasquale to go over some useful tips for maintaining the health of your residual limb when using a prosthesis. Your prosthetist will be giving you a shrinker sock to use on your residual limb. This will help to begin to shape your residual limb from being very swollen to having a more tapered look. It's important to don the shrinker sock properly. Make sure that the end of the shrinker sock does not get bunched up under your knee or at the back of your knee. Here is a limb where surgery recently occurred. You can see that the sutures are in. Even though there is cresting, the incision is healing nicely. Now remember, dry skin is not unusual. Gentle cleaning with warm water and soap will help. You can see that there is a band-like appearance below the knee and that the knee looks swollen. The top of the shrinker sock was basically bunched up below the knee, creating a tourniquet effect and subsequent swelling of the knee. To prevent this, pull the sock over the knee instead of letting it bunch up below the knee, and this will eliminate this problem. In this particular picture, we see again what happens if the sock is not pulled over the knee, and what can happen to the skin in the long run. We now have skin breakdown at the back of the knee. Of note, the surgical incision site itself looks very good. You can see, though, that the limb looks like it is somewhat swollen. 
This is likely because the tourniquet effect of the sock prevented the swelling of the limb to be mobilized. As a result, prosthetic use might be delayed as we wait for both the wound and the swelling to be decreased. As mentioned earlier, it's important to inspect or monitor your wound every day. You can do this by using a mirror so you can look at the very end of your residual limb. In addition to that, it's a good time to begin to gently start wiping away some of the dry skin and scabbing to the area with a cloth soaked with soap and water. Do it gently and don't submerge your wound in water. At times, there may be some sort of skin reaction to either the shrinker sock or to the liner that you may be wearing. Don't be alarmed if you see this. It presents usually as redness in the pattern of the sock use. In this particular picture, we see redness to the limb. It stops abruptly above the knee. And this really correlates to the liner that is used over the skin when using a prosthesis. This may represent what we call contact dermatitis, or basically an irritation of the skin due to the liner. This may be due to heat, moisture, or sweat in the liner. There are several tips that we have to manage these problems, and that is to make sure that the limb is clean and dry before putting on the liner. As mentioned in earlier videos, it's important to clean the liner every night with soap and water and to dry it thoroughly. Each week, you can also clean the liner with rubbing alcohol. There are also creams available on the market to help protect the skin from chafing and irritation. Remember to contact your physician or prosthetist if these interventions aren't successful. Also in this picture, we see the tapered appearance of the limb, indicating that much of the swelling has resolved with the use of shrinker socks. He does have an area of skin irritation at the end of his limb, which will need to be monitored closely. For some patients, the end of the residual limb may not be smooth. You may see changes in the skin, such as folding or creasing or redundant skin at the end of the limb. This may be due to challenges that were encountered at surgery, particularly if there was trauma involved or infection. This is an example of an individual who has extra skin folds or redundant skin at the end of the limb. In these cases, moistures may accumulate at the base of the skin, putting the skin at risk for breakdown. Here is an example of skin that is broken down at the base of the fold. With special attention to cleansing at the area, or possible use of skin barrier cream, or even re-looking at the fit of the prosthesis, these areas could potentially be healed. If you see any changes with your skin, in terms of breakdown or open areas, make sure to keep that area clean. And also, it would be a good idea to stay out of your prosthesis to allow healing. Contact your prosthesis or physician to make sure that they know that this is happening and to make sure you don't have any evidence of infection. In this particular picture, you'll see that there is a wound that has developed alongside the incision site. This is probably due to pressure in the area. Again, as we mentioned, it's important to do several things. One is to make sure that the wound remains clean and dry. And the second is to stay out of your prosthesis to allow the wound time to heal, especially if this is due to pressure to the area. Again, contact your prosthetist or physician to let them know that this is occurring so that you can make sure that you don't have any evidence of infection. At times, we do see some residual limbs where there is a bony prominence that is present. A bony prominence basically is the end of a bone that is present and obvious at the end of the limb. The problem with these bony prominences is that sometimes it creates pressure within the socket, which can lead to skin breakdown. Here, the tibia, which is the large leg bone below the knee, 
is quite prominent after the swelling has resolved or mobilized. You can see the end of the tibia just below the skin, and notice there is really no soft tissue padding underneath it. Well, the good news here is that the limb is healed well and the skin looks great. The challenge here, though, is for the prosthesis to make a socket that prevents excess pressure at the end of the tibia to keep the skin as healthy as possible. Here again, it is important to monitor the skin daily to ensure that the skin is looking good, and should any evidence of irritation occur, the patient should contact the prosthetist. There is another bony prominence that can be present in your leg as well, and that's basically at the head of the fibula, which is the side bone that is present in your lower leg. This picture represents what happens when there is pressure over the fibular head that results in skin breakdown and subsequently a deep wound below. Even though this area is small, this can cause skin breakdown that results in a large wound below the skin. In this next picture, you will see that the patient had surgery to remove the bony prominence or the fibular head, and he is healed nicely with closure of the wound. As we noted before, when using your shrinker sock, this will help to mobilize any fluid or edema that is in your limb so that the swelling can go down and your limb takes on an appearance less of something more swollen, but more something that's more tapered. Over time, as your limb begins to get smaller and smaller because you start to mobilize some of that edema, and also because the muscles start getting smaller in that area, you will add socks to your limb to accommodate the shrinking of your limb so that it fits better in your socket. If you don't add enough socks, one of the problems might be what we call bottoming out. And that's basically when your residual limbs falls too deeply into the socket, resulting in pressure at the very end of the limb. Remember, as you use your prosthesis, your limb will continually become smaller in size as the swelling decreases and there may be decrease in size of the muscle. To compensate for this, as we mentioned, more socks are worn to fill up the socket. For some patients, if not enough socks are added, then the limb may bottom out. That is, the limb sinks too far into the socket and excess pressure can occur at the end of the limb. For some people with diabetes or a neuropathy, they may not feel this occurring. And as a result, there is damage to the skin due to pressure at the end of the limb. In this particular picture, we see that there is darkening of the skin due to chronic pressure, especially at the end of the tibia, which is the lower leg bone. What should one do in this particular situation? One possibility is to add more socks. But at the same time, you should probably contact your prosthetist to let them know that this is going on. In this particular picture, you can actually see indentation of the end of the socket liner, which is resulting in excess pressure and darkening of the skin. Again, it is really important in this case to call the prosthetist and the physician, especially because of the presence of an open wound. For some people, instead of bottoming out or basically going too far into the prosthesis with their limb, there are some people who don't go far enough into the prosthesis, and that's usually because their limb is swollen. The swelling can occur because of potentially heart failure or more edema in the limb, or potentially a gain in weight. When this occurs, you may also see darkening of the skin at the end of the limb as representation of suctioning occurring between the end of the limb and the bottom of the socket. When this occurs, it's important to see the prosthetist, as the prosthetist may be able to tell you whether or not you're using enough socks, using too many socks, or if any changes in the socket needs to take place. Our goal is to make sure you keep your limb as healthy as possible. In that way, you can ensure optimal fit of your prosthesis so you can make the most of your prosthetic use.
If you suffer from diabetes and the conditions associated with it, proper care for your feet or residual limbs is a vital part of remaining healthy and mobile. Here is Orthopedic Trauma Institute nurse practitioner Erica McDaniel with some important tips and best practices for diabetic foot care. If you have diabetes, you have a high risk of getting problems with your extremities, including your hands and your feet because of loss of sensation due to elevated blood sugars that could lead to neuropathy. When neuropathy begins, it's very important to be screened about every three months to make sure that there's no significant changes or if there are calluses or any other deformities that we treat them urgently so that doesn't lead to further worsening problems. It's really important to manage your diabetes and having close follow-up with your primary care physician is really important. It's ideal to have your blood sugar below 120. And that prevents the problems with neuropathy and worsening of possible complications with your diabetes. It's important to check your feet daily. If you yourself can't actually reach and see the bottom of your feet or the sides, in between your toes, you should have a family member help you or a friend. You can also use a mirror propped against the floor to take a look. We were looking for is anything that isn't normal, so a cut or any dried blood or redness or anything that's looking like it's not good. It's important to go to the urgent care or the emergency room and call your primary care physician. It's important with your daily hygiene to wash your feet with a mild soap and a mild exfoliator to remove any dried debris and also that gives you a chance to examine your feet. It's important to dry thoroughly in between your toes to reduce risk of moisture buildup and infection. It's important to use a moisturizer after bathing to keep your skin supple. It reduces the risk of cracks in your skin and then softens calluses. This helps to keep your skin supple and reduce the risk of cracking and wounds. It's important to keep your nails trim. If you yourself cannot do so, your provider will send you to a podiatrist who can assist you with that task. Also, your provider may instruct you not to do it yourself due to loss of sensation of your feet, and that increases your risk of infection. With diabetes and the risk of losing sensation to your feet, it's advised to never walk barefoot. We should always wear socks in the house or shoes, and especially out in the community. Socks and shoes are very important. Again, with diabetes, with neuropathy, the ability to sense hot and cold is diminished, so it's important to always test water before you're going to take a bath or do any immersion in water. With the loss of sensation, you have a high risk of getting burnt, and that could be from extreme cold or from extreme heat. It's important to stay away from electric blankets and heating pads and close to furnaces or heater type of units. You have a high chance of getting burnt from being in close proximity to these devices because of the loss of sensation. Before you put on your socks and your shoes, it's really important to check inside both to make sure there's nothing funny that's sticking inside that may hurt you or may change the fitting of your shoes. You may be eligible for extra depth shoes and custom insoles if you have history of amputation, history of ulceration, or peripheral neuropathy, you do qualify, so please ask your doctor if this applies to you.
It's important to get an annual foot exam from your primary care doctor or from a podiatrist. In this exam, you will be tested for your circulation with checking your pulses in your foot. Your sensation will be examined using a monofilament. We'll be checking to see if there are any callus formations, any cuts or bruises or open wounds. Your muscle strength will be examined as well. If you do have any weaknesses or any deformities such as amputations, this is helpful to be examined often to then make appropriate shoe gear with fillers to cover for these deformities. In the physical exam, you'll also be asked to walk, and this is so we can examine your gait and see if you have any deformities or any problems with any extra pressure that you place on your feet when you walk. If you have history of amputation or other complex problems with your feet, you will probably be asked to see a podiatrist more than once a year. If you have any concerns or any abnormalities in your feet, it's really important to go to urgent care or the emergency as soon as possible. Don't hesitate to contact your primary care doctor. While this video has covered a multitude of tips related to both diabetic foot and residual limb health, along with the use and care of a prosthesis, it is always recommended to seek the advice of a medical professional regarding any specific questions that you may have. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.